Hello, welcome to my secret obsession. I'm Cherish Lively, and today we are reading Avenging Kiss. It's the second book in the Savage Security series. Romantic and complex, this psychological thriller delivers twists and turns as you get a peek into each character's perspective. Readers are saying, This book has everything action, mystery, revenge, and romance. It's a great follow up to Blood Kiss. So, Get comfy, turn up the volume, and let's read a book. Chapter 8 Monday Jack had hardly slept. Images of Bella with the effeminate man taunted him. Had she spent the entire weekend with that loser? Were they lovers? How could a man like him even know how to pleasure a woman of her quality? And it was painfully clear that Eric wanted to pleasure her. He'd had trouble keeping his hands off of her at the party. Jack let out a heavy sigh as he draped his arm over his head. He stared up at the ceiling and cursed. He needed to go for a run, burn off some energy, before he lost his mind. He would talk to Cole today. They needed to do a background check on Eric. Make sure he wasn't some pervert, or worse yet, a man using Bella to get to them. The thought of that sent his blood racing. He'd put a bullet in the guy if he abused her in any way. Jack dragged his body out of bed and stepped into his running shorts and shoes. He ran his miles and couldn't stop thinking about Bella. Worry that maybe he'd lost his chance warred within him. Maybe he should have declared his feelings for her sooner, and now his opportunity was gone. He hated Cole. This was Cole's fault. Cole was the one who declared her off-limits. But what gave Cole the right to do that? She was a responsible, independent woman. Shouldn't she have the right to decide who she spent time with? Of course she did. As long as it was with him. Jack drove like an obsessed man to savage security. The building had always symbolized stability and acceptance. The men at savage security were like him. They looked at the world the same way. Their rose-colored glasses had shattered a long time ago. They understood the danger that threatened their country and loved ones, and they had the balls to do something about it. He'd always enjoyed walking through the doors and seeing Bella sitting at her desk. To Jack, she was the softness that buffered the hostility of life. But today was different. He feared he'd discover that she was sharing her softness, her compassion, her love with another man. His greatest fear was that she was no longer available to him. Bella's nerves skittered through her. So far this morning... All the men who'd arrived at the office seemed different. It was like they looked at her differently. She'd regretted being so affectionate with Eric at the party. Maybe she should have been more professional. It had been a work party. But the men never seemed to worry about how they acted. They drank and joked. Why couldn't she relax a little, too? Bella looked up from her desk as the door opened. Their eyes met, and a sickening tension coiled in her stomach. Jack... He'd been an ass Saturday night. He looked at her and smiled, but she saw through it. She saw the heat in his eyes. He still blamed her for what happened to Alicia. Nothing had been the same between them since the day she interfered in Alicia's security. Jack had wanted to snatch Alicia to protect her and lock her down at Savage Security so her stalker couldn't get to her. But Bella had argued against that. And that was when everything went to hell. She'd never forget the look on Jack's face as he glared at her from his seat in the conference room. He had looked at her with such raw intensity, and she realized how truly dangerous he was. In that look, 
he'd gone from a work friend to a man to be avoided. Of course, she was always friendly when he passed by her desk and greeted her. She wanted to keep things professional between them, but it would be a long time before she'd ever give her input into any of their assignments again. She still wasn't sure if she should apologize for her interference that day. She knew Alicia didn't blame her, but she hadn't worked up the nerve to discuss it with Jack. If she were brave like the men she worked with, she'd have already hashed through this emotional battlefield with him. Who was she kidding? They never wasted a moment on regretting what they said or did. They had enough confidence and raw energy to power a small country. Once they made a decision, there was no going back. They didn't waste their time with regret over their choices. But her? She wasn't brave. So far, their courage and bravado hadn't rubbed off on her. Bella, Jack said as he stopped in front of her desk. He did his best to look relaxed, which was difficult since his gut churned with the ferocity of a crocodile thrashing in the water. Did you have a good weekend? He hoped his voice didn't sound clipped. He was aiming for friendly. She felt his eyes travel over her, like he was assessing her, looking down on her. He towered over her from the other side of the desk. She'd always thought that he was a good-looking man, tall, broad, and packed with muscles. She'd even considered him to have a good personality. But everything changed when she questioned his advice on how to protect Alicia. She forced a smile, which she hoped didn't look forced, and said, Yes, I had a great weekend. She did have a great weekend. She'd spent her time with Eric, and they'd spent plenty of time on the couch with wandering hands. Eric had squeezed, teased, and tweaked her breasts with the finesse of a master masseuse. Jack noticed a slight discoloration on her neck. Was that a hickey? Where else had that bastard's mouth been? Good. He nodded, his mind reeling from the fact that another man was putting his lips, and God knows what else, on her. He needed to get out of there before his carefully constructed facade faltered. That's good to hear. He drummed his fingers on the desk, gave a quick nod, and walked towards the conference room. Once he disappeared into the conference room, Bella could breathe again. He'd been blatantly rude to Eric on Sunday night, and she hadn't liked it. She just sat there and put up with his roguish behavior. And here she was again, sitting in her chair and not confronting Jack for his rudeness. She really was a coward working amongst a team of giants. She slid her finger over the mouse pad and the computer screen came to life. She needed to look over the calendar and see what was on her agenda for the day. Getting angry at Jack wouldn't help the time pass or get her work done. Besides, she needed to get everything done on time today because she had a date tonight. Mike smirked as Jack pulled out the chair and sat at the conference table beside him. He knew Jack was pissed. He'd be pissed too if Alicia showed up marked with a hickey from some other man. He was surprised that Bella hadn't done the lame scarf thing around her neck to hide it. But then again, maybe Bella was proud of it. Who knew? Hello, sunshine, Mike said. Rough weekend? Jack flipped him the finger. Mike bellowed a laugh. It's going to be a fun day with you, isn't it? Jack leaned forward, rested his arms on the table and looked at Mike. You saw it too. It was a statement, not a question. Yes, Mike nodded. 
Makes you wonder if there are any more hidden on her body. He knew he shouldn't tease Jack, but he also knew Jack's mind had already gone there. Fuck you, Jack bit out and leaned back in his chair. He crossed his arms over his chest and looked up as Cole entered the room. The other men filed in after Cole and everyone took their seats. No one bothered talking to Jack. They knew him well enough to know that he was pissed and wouldn't be worth talking to. Cole stood in the doorway and looked out at Bella. She seemed absorbed in her work. He cleared his throat to catch her attention and said, Bella, please, no interruptions during the meeting. Bella looked up when she heard Cole's voice. She nodded and went back to her screen. She seldom interrupted the men when they were behind closed doors. She didn't want to see something that wasn't meant for her eyes, and they trusted her for that. Cole closed the conference room door and stepped to the head of the table. He tapped a button on the computer, and the screen on the smart board came to life. Cole cleared his throat. All right, gentlemen, we all know the drill. He clicked on a file titled Foxy, F-O-X-Z, and it opened for them to see. Well, it appears our Bella is dating. You know what that means. We must protect our own. Logan did a background check on Eric James last night. Logan hadn't mentioned Aditya to Cole yet. He could only wait so long before he'd be accused of hiding her. But he didn't want to dig into her past and have her private information available for his friends to see before he even knew if they would continue to see each other. He'd wait another day, see how things went tonight, and then mention her to Cole. The men around the table smirked. Tyson rolled his eyes. His sisters would go ballistic if they knew he did a background check on their boyfriends. He couldn't imagine what Bella would think. Women could be very sensitive when it came to their private lives. Sure, they'd share everything with their friends, or the world on the internet, but you do a little digging for their safety and they unleash the hounds of hell on you. Okay, I'm not the only one who saw it, right? Ryan asked, holding his palms up. He laughed and glanced at Jack. Tyson grunted his crossed arms over his broad chest. The hickey? How could you miss it? He started to laugh as he eyed Jack. What the hell is she thinking, Ryan said, tossing out his hands. He didn't even try to hide his smile. The man's a total poser. It's not our job to judge, Cole replied. She's free to like whomever she wants. Except me, Jack wanted to scream in response to Cole's statement. Besides, as far as Jack was concerned, she wasn't free to like whomever she wanted. If she was going to be intimate with a man, then the man should be him. Or at the very least, a man of his caliber. Eric was a pussy douchebag. Jack just couldn't understand the attraction. What the hell did she see in him? Everything we found is pretty basic, Cole continued. He opened another screen. Eric has no criminal record. His background looks good. He attended high school and university in the States. His family is associated with a large church in Texas. He's a Texan, Jack thought. His opinion of Texans dropped a little at this knowledge. He'd known a lot of military personnel from Texas, and they were all badass. How could the mighty state of Texas produce such a dipwad? Cole continued. He works remotely as an engineer for a semiconductor plant. He's smart. It's a high-paying job. His job reviews are above satisfactory, and he's a saver. He clicked the mouse and another screen opened. His total net value is around 500000 That's no shit, Ryan said, looking at Eric's bank information. 
That number rattled him. Most men in their late 20s didn't have that kind of money socked away. He hadn't started seriously saving that kind of cash until he began his job at Savage Securities. The military was great and had awesome benefits, but his salary hadn't come close to Eric's. Did he actually earn all of that, or did a large amount seem to slip into his account? Logan cleared his throat and leaned forward, resting his arms on the table. The number was a flag for me, too. It appears he inherited about $50,000 when his grandmother died. His family gives him about $15,000 a year. It appears they do that for all their children. Eric is the youngest, and his parents are in their 70s. My guess is they are shrinking the estate to avoid paying higher taxes at their deaths. The rest goes back to basic saving. His company has a matching program, and he doesn't seem to be a big spender. Jack didn't like it. Not many guys pushing 30 were worth half a million dollars. Sure, it helped the man came from money, but the number still irked him. It was a red flag. Logan hated the thought of his friends assessing Aditya's background. What would he find? Did she have a ton of debt? Were there skeletons in her closet? Did she get arrested for running naked through her college campus? Were drugs a problem for her? Maybe he could push off digging into her background until he knew her better. It didn't seem fair to snoop through her history without her knowledge. Cole rubbed his hands over his well-trimmed beard. So, for now, it appears that Eric James is a typical guy who enjoys beautiful women. Jack snorted. Calling Bella beautiful was an understatement. Did Bella know how much money Eric had? Was that part of her attraction? The thought sickened him. He'd never thought of her as a gold digger. But then again, a lot of women craved security. Wasn't the desire of finding the best possible mate ingrained in our DNA? Men were programmed to want youth and beauty. Women were programmed to want a male protector and provider. Those innate desires dovetailed nicely to strengthen mankind's survival. Cole clicked out of the foxy folder and opened up the calendar. He quickly went over everyone's tasks for the day, and then everyone left and got busy with their work. Chapter 9 Jack looked at Bella as he stepped out of the doorway and she came into view. She sat behind her desk, her fingers flying over the keyboard. She was absorbed in something. Was it a personal email? Was she communicating with the guy at this very moment, right in front of him? He needed to stop that, thinking of her as somehow betraying him. She wasn't his to love or to claim. He hadn't taken charge of their potential relationship and let her know how he felt. Was that because he respected Cole and honored his wishes? Or was it because a part of him feared he couldn't keep the relationship together, just like his dad? No, he wasn't his dad. He didn't have to make the same mistakes his father made. He was his own man. He'd carved out a life of honor and integrity for himself. He was the man that charged into danger while others retreated towards safety. He needed to do the right thing. If he truly cared about her, then he'd want her to be happy. Whether that was with him or someone else, that was how love showed itself. Love wasn't selfish, but he promised himself that if her relationship with Eric tanked, he'd be there, racing towards the heartbreak and easing her wounds. Jack stepped up to Bella's desk. She hit a few more keys and then her fingers froze. She tilted her head to the side and looked up at him. Hi, Jack, she said. 
hoping to hide her nerves. He'd always affected her. The other guys at work didn't do that to her. But Jack made her stomach tie up in knots. He was like the super hot guy that you enjoyed staring at, but knew you could never attain. She'd always been drawn to him, but she'd ruined any chance she had with him when she told him how to do his job. Apparently, alpha males don't like being told what to do. And now, as she looked up at him, she felt a tension radiating from him. Can I help you with something? Jack cleared his throat. He made eye contact with Mike as Mike walked towards the door. Jack gave a little head nod, and Mike went outside to wait at the truck. With a quick look around the room, Jack ensured that they were alone. He wasn't sure how to begin, so he just went for it. I wanted... No, he took a deep breath. This was harder than he thought. I needed to apologize for my behavior the other night. Bella's eyebrows rose. Was she hearing him correctly? Was he apologizing? He noted the puzzled look on her face and continued, I didn't give Eric a chance. He tapped a finger against her desk, not sure how detailed to get in his apology. He wasn't about to call her a fool for liking the man. If he looked logically at the issue, on paper, Eric was a good match. If you like him, Jack continued, then he must be an okay guy. You wouldn't waste your time on a loser. A smile broke free on her face that ripped open his heart. With that apology, the man who intimidated her a little smoothed off a few of his rough edges. Wow, Jack, thank you for saying that. She knew that had to be a hard thing for him to say. She'd never seen him apologize to anyone. His typical response to the banter in their workplace was to flip someone the finger or hurl a string of foul words. She'd never minded the profanity. She always thought he was funny until the day she stepped out of her role as office manager and threw her zero-experience opinion on security details into the ring. So now, she sat there, staring at him with joy in her heart. She opened her mouth to say something, but wasn't quite sure what to say. She didn't want to embarrass him or say anything stupid, so she kept it simple. I appreciate that. He stared at her. He wanted to say more. He wanted to tell her to dump the coward and give him a try but that would destroy the value of his apology. No, he needed to wait this out, but that didn't mean he'd given up. He just needed to regroup and come at the problem from a different angle. I'll see you later, Jack said and walked towards the exit to join Mike outside. He was glad he was partners with Mike. Mike was easy and they could read each other's minds. Mike sat in the truck waiting for Jack. He figured whatever Jack had to say to Bella wouldn't take that long. At least he hoped it wouldn't. They were expected at Trellis Architecture, and he was never late. Jack slid onto the passenger seat and closed the door with a thud and then buckled up. Mike glanced his way and wondered what the right question was. He eased the car out of the parking space and decided that Jack wouldn't be able to keep his mouth shut in a minute, so he might as well enjoy the music. Jack reached forward and turned off the radio. Hey, I was listening to that. Here it was. The levees were about to crumble, and he'd be deluged by too many of Jack's unfiltered thoughts. Yeah, sorry man, but we need to talk. Jack smoothed his pants down his legs and leaned back against the seat to get more comfortable. Setting his laptop on his legs, he started typing. He glanced at Mike as he typed in his password to be sure Mike didn't see it. 
Logan would be proud of him for being so protective of his password. It seemed as if Logan dragged them into a refresher class on internet security and password privacy on a monthly basis. It would be comical if it wasn't so mind-numbingly boring. Mike kept his eyes on the road and chuckled. I'm not interested in your password, he said. He shook his head and smiled. Like, I care to dig into your search history. I might stumble into a bottomless pool of porn and never claw my way out. He looked in the mirror, checking for a tail. Besides, I'm with Alicia. Whoa, Jack held up his hand. I don't want to know anything about your sex life, especially any details that involve Alicia. I don't need those images slashing through my brain. You better not be thinking about Alicia like that, Mike warned, giving Jack a hard look. I'd hate to have to kick your ass. Jack rolled his eyes and snorted, as if. He was confident that he could take Mike. He had a few inches on him, although Mike was bulkier. You go ahead and think that. Sometimes Mike was hilarious. Jack moved the cursor and clicked on the file Foxy. I know Logan did a cursory background check on Mr. Eric James. Mike noted the hint of dislike in the way Jack said Eric's name. He chuckled as he interrupted. I don't think Logan would appreciate you second-guessing his work. Perfectionists tended to be sensitive to criticism. Jack turned his head to look at Mike's profile and cleared his throat. As I said, Logan did a cursory background check on Eric. He looked at the information Logan had gathered. First, I don't trust anyone with two first names. Plus, I don't know, doesn't Eric's past seem a little too perfect? Mike eased onto the highway and chuckled. The fact that you're worrying about his name is hilarious considering your ridiculous name. Jack Black, Mike said with an exaggeration of mockery. If anyone's name is open to ridicule, it's yours. And what do you mean by his past is too perfect? He knew exactly what Jack meant, but he wanted to hear the insanity for himself. Jack took a moment to stare at Mike for asking such a dumb question. You know what I mean. Look at his profile. No brushes with the law. Not even a speeding ticket or parking violation? You have to admit that the $15,000 a year from his parents looks suspicious, too. Lots of people give their kids money. Mike couldn't believe he was defending the dork. He wasn't thrilled with the guy either, but it really wasn't any of his business. He'd always thought Bella would end up with a manly man. She was certainly around enough of them, but regardless of what he thought, Bella had the right to make her own choices. What about the 50000 from Grandma? That's a huge chunk of money. It was an inheritance. Logan traced it. Everything is detailed in the report. Mike pointed to the open screen on the laptop. He would look over the information again later himself, but he was smart enough not to tell Jack that. He wasn't going to give credence to Jack's jealousy-induced paranoia regarding Eric James. How much did your grandparents give you? Jack asked, his voice full of attitude. When mine died... Her possessions were divided between her kids. He said the word kids with enough snarky attitude to get his head knocked in by a pissed-off security specialist. I got nothing. Jack made a good point. Most of the time, grandkids didn't get money. At least not a huge amount. They may get a possession if it held sentimental value to the grandparent or grandchild. Mike tossed his hand out as he began. I got my grandpa's watch. He was a Navy pilot. We had the military connection, so he left it to me when he died. 
Mike turned on his blinker and looked over his shoulder as he changed lanes. Look at Eric's high school grades. They were average at best. And then he gets an engineering degree? Jack snorted. Engineers tend to do better in high school than the average Joe. Mike wasn't sure he wanted to continue this conversation with Jack. He looked at the clock on the dashboard. They had to be at Trellis in less than five minutes. I don't know, man. Maybe he got his act together once he hit college. Maybe he realized his life would be a whole lot better if he got a good education and then got a good job. It happens. Jack grunted and tapped on the keyboard of his computer. Sure. That's possible, but it's a flag to me. If he was average in high school, I'd expect him to be average in college. Look, I was never in the running for valedictorian in high school, Mike started. I did what I had to, and any extra time I spent was having fun. It wasn't until I started my military career that I got my head out of my ass and focused on my future. Jack recognized the logic in Mike's argument. As much as that could be a possibility, it still felt wrong. The money, the inconsistency in Eric's grades and achievement, the look in his beady eyes. Jack knew something wasn't right. Mike turned the truck into the trellis parking lot. I understand your desire to protect Bella. She's awesome, and you like her. He pulled into one of the visitor parking spaces. But Logan didn't find any red flags. It might be in your best interest to let it go. Don't do anything now that will hurt your chances with her in the future. A crooked smile formed by satisfaction worked its way onto Jack's face. So you don't think her relationship with Eric will last either, he said with a triumphant gleam in his eyes. That hadn't been the point of Mike's statement. He cut the engine, rested an arm on the window, and turned his upper body to look directly at Jack. I don't know. He lifted one shoulder in a shrug. But do you want to be the one picking up the pieces if it falls apart? Yeah, Jack nodded. I really like her. Maybe he was a wuss. His heart literally ached when he thought about her. I know, Mike said. So don't screw this up. He opened his door and got out, making his way to the trellis office building. Jack shut down the laptop and followed Mike in. He was good at compartmentalizing his life. He closed his mental file on Bella and opened his work file. The next few hours belonged to Trellis. I hope you enjoyed the reading for today. I'm excited to share this novel with you. It's one of my favorites. If you have not had a chance to listen to Blood Kiss, you may want to do that. It can be found in episodes 27 through 37. But don't worry, Avenging Kiss stands on its own. To keep up with the various novels and authors that we will feature, you can follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively, or visit the website at tinyurl.com slash Cherish Lively. Goodbye!